Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Welcome to the latest edition of the Walker AC Experience. I'm your host, Walker AC, and to you, my friends. Yes, you're still my friends. And that opening, just a little piece of an opening uh, for my son's song he did one year ago. It's called Living in Hell. It is on YouTube. Look him up under Walker, excuse me, under Walkin AP. See, I'm starting off stumbling already. It's just how I roll. And of course, you can find that. You can find us. You can find everything in between to wherever you find your favorite podcast. Of course, sign up. Join us under walkerac76.podbean.com. That's walkerac76.podbean.com. And of course, joining us. He may be a little he may be a little bit under the weather, but he's still way more intelligent than you. He is my co-host, my friend, my buddy. Kevin, you. Kevin, how's it going as I slam things around? Hello. Um, speaking of under the weather, like, what the hell is going on? It's ridiculous all over the joint. And then, like, next week, or this week, actually, it's going to be, oh, yeah, let's go back to 75-degree weather in Florida. Yes, I mean, I've called this the bipolar weather that we've always been experiencing here in Florida. It's nothing new. It's hot. It's rainy. It's cold, it's muggy, and we all get sick on top of it, but we always have to go back to work no matter what. I like to also think of it as the Biopolar Express. <laughs> <laughs> we all have tickets, never get refunds. How's, uh, life been, <laughs> how's life been treating you other than uh, being a little bit under the weather? Oh, oh boy. Um, just trying to deal with the stress. Like, I do feel like... A lot of people have the winter blues, and that's understandable, especially if you live out there in the northern states or northern parts of the you know the world, where you're just facing you know wind chill factors, you know, and maybe the daytime high is like zero degrees. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I, I don't envy people up there. Yeah, I really can't deal with that. I mean, you see gray, second day gray, third day gray. I mean, you're gonna cut your wrist so you can see color. But uh, no, I really don't miss those times. I mean, down here in Florida, we have our cold moments, what, maybe not even two months of cold weather, and people are breaking out their Ugg boots and overcoats. Yeah, it is unpleasant, but I'm looking forward to wearing t-shirts again. <laughs> <laughs> looking at my body, I think I'm going to stay away from t-shirts for a while. Ah, so anyhow, <laughs> it is a, a nice, brisk uh, January month. Uh, right now we're closing out the month of January. So um, let's get started, Kevin. What do you have for us today? Well, it's it's uh, it's an election year, and I'm just trying to face that kind of horror. So I want to be like, uh, I can't take all the anxiety and like stress. So sometimes I just try to think of other things. For example. Like personas, as we uh, have talked about many times about, you know, find yourself and um, accepting who you are and really into it. And for some reason, I was thinking about the persona of um, Jaleel White as a time as Steve Urkel on the show Family Matters. Have you seen the show? Absolutely. With this pattern of speech I have and the way I look, I've been referred to as Urkel many many times now of course Kevin for those of people out there that have never seen Family Matters number one what's wrong with you um, and number two explain to them the basis of Steve Urkel for those few who haven't really seen Family Matters well um, 
Steve Urkel is the quintessential wacky neighbor, the wackiest of neighbors, if there was a wacky neighbor contest. He was real thin and um, tried to, well, really fit into the dorky nerd stereotype that we all have been traditionally um, taught to think of. Like, really high voice, um, pants off to his armpits, thick glasses, wearing, like, sweater vests. And, but he was the, the true star of the show, Family Matters. Um, he had his own dance. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. Uh, what, what was really interesting, um, did you ever see the episode of Family Matters where, like, somebody spray painted a razor slur in a locker? Yes, I guess. I vividly remember that one. It's like, gee, he's getting too real, Family Matters. <laughs> I'll see. The, oh, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, all right. Um, it was just such a weird phenomenon because I think before Steve Urkel, people were thinking of you know Black Americans as either like gangsters or members of the Cosby Show. That is so true. You didn't have, right, and you did have this kind of archetype of like the black nerd. <laughs> well, the thing about Family Matters, it was one of those rare shows that highlighted the quote-unquote nerd or mm-hmm. just highlighted the difference between um, the stereotypical person and about how that wasn't the case for this one. You know, yes, that show made it a point of just to be a normal family. Mm-hmm. You know, they were a normal African-American family. There, there were no stereotypes other than the -the over-the-top, nerdy character. But he was a main focus, and he was never looked down upon as as anything less than. Right. Um, He was considered an annoyance, and he was kind of a stalker to the the female, I guess, lead of the show. But what was really interesting before Urkel was was introduced to the show, it was such a boring show. It's like, these two people are just too boring. Even though the husband's a cop, and it was uh, kind of a spin-off to Perfect Strangers, another show from the 90s. That I never knew. I used to watch Perfect Strangers when I was a kid, uh, many, many years ago. But once again, so we don't take off and leave the people, um, explain Perfect Strangers to them. Yes, uh, Perfect Strangers is another sitcom on the TGIF um, uh, sitcom block on Friday nights. Um, so this one was about uh, two cousins. One was this kind of uh, Manhattanite or New Yorker, and his cousin from uh, the fictional island of Nepos was, I guess, loosely uh, based on like Greek culture. And so the, the, the connecting tissue between Family Matters and, uh, and Perfect Strangers was the mother, Harriet, who was in that show. And so somehow she got her own show, and uh, it, it was just so weird because, like, um, the show was really bland. Like, uh, even though it had, like, Reginald Bell Johnson, who was also the cop from Die Hard. <laughs> he killed the kid once. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't forget that, everybody. <laughs> Have that asterisk there. And there's some other weird things on the show as well. The, um, 
the slow disappearance of cast members. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, it, it, like, in, uh, I think one episode, they said that, um, the dog, one of the, um, Laura, the main lead, her sister went upstairs and never came down and it was never the show again. <laughs> <laughs> No, and, and of course also, I mean, before, I don't want to interrupt your train of thought for this one, um, but the character of Steve's of Steve Urkel's girlfriend, she passed away also. Really? Yes, she had some weird stomach virus. And of course, you know, people can fact check that. She has some strange stomach virus and it killed her right in the middle of the season. So you never saw her again. Wow, I gotta Google that. Like, Milo is kind of hot. Yes, uh, I thought the exact same thing. I'm like, wow, she is extremely pretty. She's very bubbly. And yes, she had quite the hourglass figure. All of a sudden, she stopped showing up. And you heard through the grapevine that she passed away. But yeah, she actually passed away of some weird stomach disease. And yeah, they never never made mention of her again. But back to your original (laughs) train of thought for this. (laughs) Before we fall too deep in the weeds. It was, it was like this formula that worked quite well, and it was also strange of how many catchphrases one character can have. Yes, I mean, I like four main ones. Yes, and by all means, list them off, Kevin. I'm curious. And see, I want people to listen to the show who never heard of Family Matters. Actually, go on Google, go on YouTube, look it up because it was your. And we we'll talk about stereotypes. It's your stereotypical good family show. They have morals and values sprinkled off the whole series. At the end of each show, of course, you had your good moral of the day. But let's go back. I'm going to go too far here. Well, what were some of Zirkel's uh, catchphrases? Well, um, I, I'm not going to do the voice because I won't do it justice. <laughs> but um, <laughs> he, he was often known to say, did I do that? <laughs> and um, Johnny Cheese... Um, he would say to Laura, I'll wear you down. And, oh man, those are the main ones. I think there may be like one or two more. I'm not, yeah. It was, it was quite odd. <laughs> he was a meme machine before the internet. Yes, yes indeed. And in, 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 a, in a stalker in a very, very fun-loving kind of way before, you know, stalkers became a really nasty term. Um, now, Fun fact here, and I'll let you go on. Fun fact, his phrase, did I do that, turned into a rap song. Yes, the the No Limit Soldiers came up with a song called, "Uh Uh-Oh, Did I Do That? Look it up, people. Pause this episode right now. Go on YouTube. Look up No Limit Soldiers. Did I do that? Oh, my. That brings me back. That was, <laughs> it wasn't a very good song, but <laughs> it's worth the listen. <laughs> yes, the rap lyrics are horrible. They go way too fast. Mystical raps way too fast. He's in jail. And the song itself, it was not very catchy. But for that time frame, it worked for that time. So, but before we go too far, please continue. Let's stay on topic. <laughs> well, it's so hard to stay on topic. I just want to be like, Mystical deserves to be in jail for that song. <laughs> Um, in the show got weirder as it went on not only because cast members would disappear they would never even acknowledge it but um, things as like the Urkel robot 
that they had in the later seasons. I forgot about <laughs> that. Or I really disliked when um, Urkel had his alter ego, Stefan Urkel, the cool Urkel. I did not like that. Now, now, hold on. We're going to take a slight pause. Now, I don't mean to keep interrupting as it goes on and on, but every little thing you bring up, I want people to actually understand how preposterous, you know, parts of this show was that actually jumped the shark. So let's explain Stefan, uh, you know, to the people. Yes. Um, I, I, I can't substantiate it, but I just had this notion that Jaleel White was tired of playing Dormit Urkel and wanted to be seen as somebody that was suave and charismatic. And so I think they, they started having him wet step in some sort of machine where he would be, you know, have a different persona and would take off his glasses. Yes, you are correct. He went in some weird machine he created. He came out as Stefan, a very smooth, soft-talking guy that, that the character Laura actually liked, that she fell in love with and that she was with, but not Steve Urkel. And to me, that kind of jumped the shark because that took away, okay. that, that took away I, know this is, I know it's kind of weird to even say, the realism of the show considering Steve Urkel is so over the top. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that I think this kind of deserves some some, some yeah, I guess dissection. So, what does that say about a person that you know? Does she even really love this person because that's only one part of of a whole? Because he's you know still Steve Urkel inside of himself. Well, what that mainly stated in a very roundabout way that she. She, she had a certain standard, and Steve Urkel didn't fit those standards. So now he transformed himself to where she was finally happy with who he was, and that was a slight on her as a person. You know, that actually showed how shallow she was, but this was in a comedic setting. So there, was, yeah. there, you know, there wasn't really any kind of accountability or any kind of consequences, you know, for her, you know, for her attitude towards him, because... Now the audience likes this suave, handsome man that you know that, that that knows all the right things to do versus the geeky kid who's just trying and who's not even getting a second glance. I mean, it would be like let's just say it like you know some real weird twist of fate they brought him back, you know, as a remake. It would be kind of interesting to see Steve Urkel undergo some sort of pers- like crisis to be like this isn't who I truly am or it's only one part of me so what does it even say about her it's like does she even care about me like is this who I really am it'd be really kind of interesting and what's really funny is it wouldn't work in 2023-24 it wouldn't work Mm -hmm. because because society now has changed so much that Mm -hmm. something like that will get quote unquote cancelled because they would pick at every little thing about the show you know, they would tear it apart by saying, okay, you know, her attitude is nasty or she's some something, something phobic or something like that. And the show would get canceled instantly. You know, that, I, that, that show worked for its time. I don't know. Like, I, I, I would disagree. I would think that'd be really interesting because that would kind of like force her to confront herself as well. Like, is it that, you know, can she really love a person for truly for who they are or just because of their illusion? 
I think there's a deeper story that could be told from this, or it could be just completely weird, like an adult swim show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would. I mean, definitely, it would definitely have to go. You know, like right after you know Rick and Morty or Mike Tyson's Mystery Team stuff like that. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, right. would would that show work in this generation if they tweaked um, it? If they tweaked it a lot to really cater towards this particular generation, um, how sensitive everything is. The show could work, but you know, but they would really have to do some adjustments to it. I don't, I don't know. I don't, like, I, I think people mistake younger people for being sensitive. I think they have different sensibilities. That's just the thing. It's like they have a different point of view. Just like when we were younger, we our points of view were much different than people before us. You know, before the yuppies, and then they had the hippies, and before that, you had the lost generation, and so on, so on, so on. But it's just. You know, when you are open to new stories, a lot of interesting things can be learned and explored. You know, like, I just think there's like an interesting story that could be told in that manner. And also, people are suckers for um, nostalgia. Just look at Fuller House. Oh, goodness. I totally forgot all about that. Yes, yes, you are correct. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there was Fuller House, and then there was the remake of, uh, of iCarly and stuff of that nature. Um, unfortunately, most of the rehashes really didn't work. I mean, a good chunk of them didn't work. A, a remake I do recommend is the Saved by the Bell remake. It's still pretty funny. I liked it a lot. I saw one episode because I'm too cheap to pay for, <laughs> for Peacock. <laughs> but it, it's interesting. I mean, you talk about you know, you know, the, the open um, stereotypes in shows like, you know, like Family Matters because they really didn't focus on the, the stereotypical black man, you know, or a black kid's work. So were there any other shows like that that you could think of? Because, I mean, you mentioned the revamp Saved by the Bell. And granted, I've, I've, I've never seen the show, so I really don't have any kind of strong opinions of it. But I'm guessing all the characters or all the new characters are pretty much the same. It's, um, well, it's kind of based on some of the returning cast and their children. And it was still really, it was, I would think even funnier because the, it was just, um, it was also self-aware of its of itself. And so it parried itself. And I just really, I just thought it was funny and I'd be willing to watch the whole thing was free. Um, yeah, I don't, it, there, I can't think of any more like sitcoms per se. I, I don't know, was, was this the remake of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air a real thing or was that just a nightmare? <laughs> I think that was a fever dream, but uh, unfortunately it's a real thing. Um, they turned it into a drama, actually. Wow. Yes. So so Will Smith moved to Bel-Air, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it's all a drama. And after the first episode I watched, I'm like, okay, this isn't for me. Not because I want the the classic comedy and stuff like that, that wouldn't work for today. But, you know, you wanted something new, something original. So they just totally did a 180 and they turned it into a drama with dramatic themes. And it was, to me, it was your cookie cutter drama television. And it really didn't work. Right. I think that's the, the problem. I mean, never mind the slapping, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's just the thing. Like you have to really make it engaging. I think also audiences uh, are a little more um, nuanced and savvy 
you know, you can't depend on, you know, the Midwest's, you know, audience that seeks comfort to, you know, make your way. I mean, look how media has changed. It's so much more competition, and streaming is a huge force. You know, you can just work on the big four networks for ratings. Yeah, and, and that is true. I mean, a lot of things, a lot of things have changed so much now. And I know I goof and say, you know, people are become soft and, and looking for any excuse to cancel or cause a ruckus over the most simplistic of things. But that's just different opinions that people have now. You know, things have evolved, whether it be for good, bad, ugly, or indifferent, things have evolved now. So certain things that worked back in the 80s, 90s, even 2000s really don't work anymore. So when we talk about family matters, could that work? Yes. If done properly, yes, it could work. All in the family, the Jeffersons, no, it wouldn't work. <laughs> good times, it wouldn't work. Um, right. Not even, ca- not, not even Captain Planet would work. That would be kind of, like, um, I would love to see a parody of it. <laughs> there is um, a YouTube parody with Don Cheadle as Captain Planet. That's a fun one. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's wonderful. Well, I mean... Like, um, I just think it was, like, back in the late 90s, I really I really got sick of edgy remakes really fast. For example, Looney Tunes. I thought that was extremely contrived, and I thought it was stupid. And I just didn't feel it. Like, edgy remakes, to me, are just really forced... I like it if it's more subtle and not just too extreme. Like, I don't want everybody just all, all cracked out characters. I just, it'd be just interesting to see them as flawed people, not monsters. Now, which, which show is that? Uh, unfortunately, the mic, the mic cracked, so I didn't hear the title of the show. Like Looney Tunes? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that definitely lost its way. Um, that and a whole lot of other cartoons, whether it be George of the Jungle, um, just stuff like that just, just went by the wayside because, oh, excuse me, a, a good one is Animaniacs, the remake of that. It didn't last very long. It lasted a couple of, what, couple of episodes and it was done. I, I, had, I had this weird, like, when I was a young, younger person, um, it, I, you know, I would watch anything because, like, what am I going to do? But for those shows, it was too... Too childish for a teenager and too adult for a young teenager to, at the same time. Like, I didn't care for Hollywood in-jokes. It, it was just, For some reason, it was, I was like, I felt like it, it just occupied a space that I didn't exist in. I think it was ahead of its time. It tried way too hard. You know, because it was one of those cartoons to where, if you know, you know. And it, it, it didn't hit. You know, the, the junior high, high school teens dug the show. Kids laughed at the animation and the slapstick humor, but they didn't understand the little nuances they hidden in it. Um, one thing I could think of is where the Animaniacs, and once again, once again, kids, Google it. Um, the Animaniacs were playing as detectives. And one of, the, one of the characters said, hey, we need fingerprints, fingerprints. And... One of the Animaniacs picked up the actual character of Prince, the musician. Right. And he's like, no, 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 finger Prince, finger Prince. And Prince stared at the camera and smiled. And that was a, that was a little hidden joke that nobody got if you were a kid.
entire joke just now made into the 2000s. Right. And also, like, they're kind of... You know, like, like I'm not into that anymore. And, you know, younger children may not would just be like, what is this, you know? So it, it, I just think, like, you really have to pay attention to the audience and have the show grow with the people as well. Um, a series that did that extremely well was the Harry Potter series. Um, never mind J.K. Rowling's, you know, personal beliefs, but I really enjoyed how the books and characters and the story aged along with this audience and I thought those were incredibly well done you know it was it was you know after my time but I just really appreciate how it was crafted that way and oddly enough and I know a lot of a lot of our listeners will be screaming at their uh, devices right now when I say that I've never seen a Harry Potter series never seen Lord of the Rings series not not due to lack of trying it's just never had the opportunity to watch it. Um, but they did last with the time. They, they changed with the times. You know, uh, that's why it became so popular. I mean, a la, you know, the Harry Potter Universal Studios, you know, other than, you know, the writers, the creators, her views on particular things, that's neither here nor there. But people still enjoy the series because it's ever-changing and it's, and it's, it's ever-evolving. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think it's okay to... Um... To enjoy nostalgia it's very seductive it's you know that's why advertising does it so much and it, it, it's profitable but um it's also important to kind of um accept its flaws and not hold on to you know your rules colored glasses too hard it's like yeah some things did suck like <laughs> when you look at the old cartoons they i knew they blew the budget on the opening like <laughs> 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 Jeez, that's where the money went. <laughs> well, I mean, I, you know, I can honestly say back then, from my eye, and you're right, rose-colored glasses, that the cartoons was much more simple. The premises, the premise of the cartoons were very, very simple. Tom and Jerry, the Roadrunner, Wile E. Coyote, Bugs Bunny, just simple cartoons. And they relied heavily on sight gags. And that stretched out the cartoon series for such a long period of time. Nowadays, cartoons and... I'm going to lean it on my age. Most of these cartoons I really don't get. They rely heavily on sarcasm um, and it's just not really entertaining. And they spend a whole lot of money on graphics, but nothing, nothing for quality. Uh, there, there are some fun things out there. Like, you know, I really enjoy, still enjoy SpongeBob. I just like how weird it is and how wacky it is. Um, Speaking of older sh- shows, it is funny to see um, the decline of quality. Like, the original Tom and Jerry cartoons were beautifully animated, but as the, mo- you know, the funding dried up, the animation got worse. And, like, and you know, I remember their episodes like, what is this? It's terrible. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that, and once again, society has changed. So a lot of things that Tom and Jerry did in the past won't work now because if you really think about it 
um, in our era, they canceled Speedy Gonzalez because for whatever reason, all of a sudden, they're like, oh, it's a Mexican stereotype, all of a sudden. So they had to do a whole lot of work with that. Well, it's been that way. It's just, I think, no people of Latinx descent had no voice then. You know, like, you know, what can you do to fight it when you have no voice to to raise? So you just, you know, what are you going to do about it? Just like um, there was, you know, a little Sambo character where it's just like, ooh, that was racist. (laughs) (laughs) I see, it's... Oh, go ahead. I apologize. Go ahead. Oh. There was another Warner Brothers cartoon that was really racist against Chinese people. And I didn't understand it at the time. And like, I asked my parents, like, what does, that, what does that mean? Like, wow, they, you know, what does that mean? And they just, like, they just shoved their heads and just walked away. And I'm like, huh. And now I understand. It's like, well, you know, what were we to do? We had no you know, political or social power at the time. We just kind of just had to, like, you know, carry on and just be like fucking people. (laughs) (laughs) Now see, that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. You know, when it comes to racist stereotypes and cartoons, because yeah, we can definitely go for hours on that one. And we have tons and tons of examples. Um, But, but yeah, it's, uh, but you know, to go back to Urkel, it was kind of interesting (laughs) to see, you know, (laughs) <laughs> I got I got a real breaking of the stereotype, but it was kind of unfortunate where like people were like they didn't see you know the black population as just like a diverse population in itself, but they were like ooh another stereotype. Yeah, there was plenty of them at that time, and now what's interesting is you don't see it that much now, you know because everybody has a everybody is. I'm trying to think of a way how to say it. Everyone is just there. And they just happen to be African-American, happen to be Asian, you know, you know, happy, happen to be Russian. They all play the same parts, you know, but there isn't nothing that stands out, which is a good thing. You know, I mean, you won't have a jive turkey or you won't have a, you know, over-the-top Russian accent, over-the-top Japanese accent, over-the-top African-American accent, everybody is just there. And they're just assigned lines. So... It is, it is kind of funny when... And I, like, eye-rolling when you do run into it. Like, I remember in the... That was one minor nitpick I had about the... Uh, um, newer animated Spider-Man movie across the Spider-Verse. Like, the Japanese character, like, had to speak Japanese. And they had to have an accent. Like, come on. You don't have to do this, do you? <laughs> but on the flip side, I really enjoyed Spider Punk in um, the Cross Spider Verse, the sequel, because you know he was this UK like anarchist, like, like almost anti-hero, and he was you know a black uh, British person, but it was more about him being in the punk scene than him you know being a person of color. That's interesting. Um, I you know I I know you and Jeff talked about it on Serial and Beer. But I have never seen Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I recommend it. It's a really cool story. It's, um, yeah, it, it, it's got a lot of heart. The music's really cool. Um, and there's a lot of subtlety in the animation. There's a lot of artistry to it. And so I just recommend it a lot. 
Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was, you know, people say it's one of the best Spider-Man movies. Hmm. Okay. Well, I definitely had to give it a shot. Now, speaking of Spider-Verse, may I, or 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 I would like to finish out your topic. Go for it. All right. See, so one of my topics I was thinking about is, you know, we're talking about the Spider-Verse and the multiverse and stuff like that, and yeah, this has been going on for a while now. But with Marvel and DC, you know, doing the multiverses and Spider-Verse and stuff like that, and forgive my ignorance, I know I'm going to say something incorrect that you guys would definitely fact check me on. Um, do you think it's the same for us? What I mean by that is, do you think just, I mean, just like a Rick and Morty type, do you think there's multiple universes for us? Because think about this. Somewhere at the point in time of your life, someone has walked up to you and said, hey, you look familiar. Or, hey, do you know X person? Or, hey, you know, isn't your name this, this, and this? Come to find out, I get this quite often. And not because I'm African-American, not because we all look alike or anything like that. A couple of times a month, I'll get the, hey, aren't you Alex? Or aren't you Kevin? Or aren't you? And I'm like, no, no, I'm not. Well, didn't you go to school? No, no, I didn't. Didn't, aren't you married? Didn't no, no, I'm not. And I kid you not, what, maybe three, four times a month, someone would look at me and go, you look exactly like this person I know. And always made the joke, I guess I must have some, you know, I guess I must have some kind of doppelganger twin out there. Thank God he's a great guy, not an asshole. But once again, neither here nor there. So, I mean, do you think that as, you know, as producers and writers come up with this multiverse thing, do you think there is such a thing for, for us? Um, well, to be really granular, um, it's kind of a possibility. I mean, we have to, you know, go through the parameters of, like, what constitutes a universe and a reality. Because there is a theory where, like, everybody's living their own reality, you know, somebody that's like in a cult, that's a different reality to another person than somebody that's, you know, living, you know, in the middle of nowhere. It's, but like, in the more sense of, you know, what you're talking about in the multiverse that's depicted in fiction, um, I, I would say that the chances are, there's a chance. It's, you know, just like, but it's beyond my comprehension, just like, the fourth dimension is in the fifth and sixth and seventh like that is beyond my comprehension i i can't I'm, i don't have the mental framework to really be able to to have that kind of understanding because like a multiverse is a little, little, little like it may be a little too um uh too convenient to think, okay, the same exact thing, but like in a small difference, could be in you know another another universe. It's it's totally fun and a great um, device in fiction, but I'm not sure if the actuality could be. I mean, there are some that's you know I heard in fiction that that dreams are a portal into another reality, and so I think that's kind of interesting too. Um, yeah, it's a. Uh, uh, but then you know when you re if you really dig into it, it you know it these things are kind of strange um because it brings me back to a conversation I had over the weekend with a friend who um uh, studies physics and so I had to ask them like hey you know 
asked them about you know time travel and and teleportation, and she said that um, you can like it may be possible to you know go back or you know travel in time, but it may not be possible to travel through space because the Earth is always moving. And then I also asked them, but like if you go back in time, that may f- violate the what well, I think the third or fifth law of f- physics, where you can't create nor destroy matter and energy because as soon as you enter it's too late you've introduced new matter and energy <laughs> and who knows what happened to reality yes yeah, so it's like so, it's like basically stepping on a blade of grass if you go back in time you know i mean right, that can but, cause you that can cause a huge effect you know, moving forward on the future but i would think it'd be even more catastrophic because like your just your presence your physicality because you're introducing new matter and energy into the universe, it's too late. You don't have to step on a piece of grass just because you've entered that world, bam. Because and then who knows what would happen? Would would there be a singularity? Would it be completely unpredictable? Because you know reality's not set that way. I mean, it's definitely an interesting thing to play with. Because why would they come up with this weird thing in movies and books of? many different multiverses if it's something that's not really thought of or something that hasn't been created. I think because it's really interesting to think of possibilities, you know, like the movie Sliding Doors. Um, I do want to see the movie um, Everything Everywhere at Once. I heard that was really good that plays with this um, plot device. Uh, I, I just think it, it explores possible realities because it does answer that question that we all think of sometimes is what if? What if this happened, what if I had a different choice, or what if I was in this place at this time? And so I think it just, it allows us a method and a framework to explore those ideas. I mean, there is that comic book series and the Disney Plus animated series, What If? And it would be interesting to see, you know, I mean, obviously not not in our lifetime, if, if it was a real thing, not in our lifetime, but to have the ability to, to go to different multiverses. You know, I mean, just think, just like that one scene in The Matrix, which, poor example, the whole deja vu thing. Now, what I mean by that, for those of you who haven't seen The Matrix, as Neo and his, you know, and his allies are walking through a building, uh, Keanu Reeves sees the cat. Then he looks back and he sees the cat again, does the exact same thing. He goes, whoa, that's deja vu. And that's some kind of glitch in The Matrix. And so it's like another, another different reality. If we, have, if we have multiple realities, not necessarily to play with, but then to explore, do you think that would be kind of a bad thing for us? It, it could be because the ramifications are unknown. Well, at least, well, I, I don't understand it. We would, we would have to maybe ask Grass Tyson to help us out with this one. <laughs> but it's also assuming that you know, a multiverse would have the same rules of nature that we do. Like, like is does other you know place have other universe have gravity? Does it have light? Um, is, does it have you know three dimensions? Is there atmosphere? It, it's just we're assuming it's just like here. That is true, and for for something like that, yes, you know, you and I would think of the consequences for messing around with that, but others would kind of take it as, let's jump on in. 
And that's why we can't have nice things. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a really, really destructive Rick and Morty episode. Right, if maybe like irreversibly <laughs> destructive. <laughs> we changed all of reality just because he couldn't stop. <laughs> he just had to. <laughs> yeah, it, it's... <laughs> <laughs> it definitely would be an interesting thing to tinker with, but a very dangerous thing at the same time. Because, you know, once again, there, you know, there's always that one bad apple, you know, and, and a whole bunch. So, and of course, that, that's a very deep conversation to have. And so my question to you is talking about different kind of realities. I'll ask something simple. And I think I asked this before in one of our earlier shows when you first joined along. And let's see if it changes. What do you think, Kevin Yu, what do you think the secret to life is? The secret to life is that the secret, well, it's kind of, um, of course, the unsatisfying answer is it all depends. But the secret of life, uh, this is, uh, and I think, to put it in a succinct way, is that it's yours to discover that uh, to refer to what I said earlier, everybody has their separate realities. And you have the opportunity to go out and discover the secret of life. Because I think this is almost like a subjective thing. Like, what will you find? Will it be exactly the same as another person? Maybe, maybe not. You know, will you discover an understanding? Will you go through something that no other human being will be able to fathom, maybe. And maybe good, maybe bad. But that could be the secret of life. It's just that it's just something just for you. Or maybe not. It's just a complete mystery. And there's also the possibility that you'll never find out. And maybe it's not meant to be found out. Interesting way of putting it. I try to keep, yeah. I try to keep it very simple. Because we have so many people out there wondering why we're here, what our mission statement is in life. I believe that the secret to life is fun. And let me expand on that. <laughs> because the best parts of your life that you remember are the fun times. Not the bad times, not the dark times, not the abysmal times, but the fun times. Whether you go to a carnival, whether or not you get married, whether you play... A video game you haven't seen in many, many years or watch that television show that brings back a certain memory that makes you feel good. It all boils down to fun. And once you stop having fun, what point is there to do it anymore? This is why sometimes you work a job. Sometimes it's not fun anymore, so you leave and get another job. Or you play a video game, you stop playing it because it's not fun anymore. Read that book and you stop reading it because it's not fun anymore. It all goes back to fun, not necessarily love. It's about fun. And if you really, really boil it down to just bare bones, that's what life is. It's about many moments of fun. And then when life stops, and then when life stops being fun, people get miserable. And do you want to hang around miserable people? No, because they're not fun. That's interesting because that's basically the, t- um, the philosophy of classical hedonism. That the purpose of like is to seek pleasure. Hmm. That's neither fish nor fowl, but some people disagree. 
Of course, because there are different philosophical traditions. Um, one that I investigated is that like um, nothing, everything's illusionary except for the the spirit, and that each one of us is experiencing what the spirit wants to experience in this reality. You know, all the love and the joy and the pain and the fear that comes from being a human being, and that you know we'll all be one some someday. And so there's that, and you know, there's the Christian beliefs, and so on and so forth. And so there, I just think it's interesting when you examine the intersections of all faiths. Like, most major religions um, believe in uh, a soul, and doing good, and like, um, that this earthly realm is just temporary. And just, you know, what they value, I think it's People are, are out to describe sometimes um, the same things just with their different spin. And I can even see like why people are Unitarians. Like, believe that everybody's, you know, just calling this different, the same thing, different names. I can see the reasoning for that too. I agree. I agree 100% on that. But, I mean, simply, we're all kind of dust in the wind and we're here to serve some sort of purpose. And once that purpose is served, we go on to the next. And what that next is, we have no idea. That's the fun, scary, horrific, exciting part about life. And I think sometimes people miss, I think sometimes people miss the point of that. But once again, you know, I mean, that's just me. I would rather sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride and, and uh, eat my Panda Express and, yeah, have a good time. So you do want to experience the pain of life. <laughs> you hear that Jeff he's still talking shit about Panda Express <laughs> that's alright <laughs> uh, I, I, I do think we should um, you know ask others that we know our opinions on the most divisive things uh, aka Panda Express Crocs and uh, what was the other thing <laughs> Crocs are horrible there are, there are uh, the abomination of uh uh, of life uh, Panda Express is okay not the end all be all but it's okay it's a good quick fix for quote unquote Chinese food that's just like that's just like you want a Whopper at Burger King and you have to you have to go to Five Guys you know I mean you have to have some sort of weird substitute uh, a good Whopper is pretty good but that's real hard to find <laughs> yes that's true but if you go to Five Guys you spend a shit ton of money on grease not that well, Five Guys not our sponsors, but yes, I choose not to. Good grease. I mean, it is, you know, it's cheaper than going to, like, Shake Shack. Never been. Never been to Shake Shack. Yeah, it's expensive, man. Or if you want to get real fancy, go to, like, Umami Burger, which I don't even think they have in the East Coast. No, I'm a simple guy. Give me Burger King. I'll be fine with that. Maybe have that once in a great while if my bowels will like me after I eat such a thing. No, I... Think I'll stick with the salad. Um, <laughs> do you have any topics or any uh, or any rants to close us out? Hmm. Rants. Well, rants. I. Well, okay. Uh, like I mentioned at the top of the show, we're in an election season, not just for the United States, but all you know, a lot of other countries of the world. For example, Taiwan reelected its um, president. And it really perturbs me that 
there are people that are in positions of power in the United States that are not there because of their ability to govern. They're there because they're ideologues. They're there to push a certain agenda, and oftentimes a religious agenda. I think that's totally wrong. I think that's foolish and foolhardy. Though I do not want to live in a theocracy of any sort. And for people to be so um, narrow-minded to think, uh, this person, they're driven by faith, therefore they're good and they can lead. That's out of control. I think that is a terrible, terrible way to think. And that, you know, our country should be inclusive to serve all of us, not just people that deserve your faith and will agree with you. It is for all of us. And if we marginalize each other, what, are, what is our country becoming? And it just really boils my blood to think like, okay, you're just, you're, you just are just so entrenched in your religious beliefs that you think this is right for everybody and this person is qualified. I mean, for a good, for a not so good time, look into the speaker of the house. Uh, that's an interesting little backstory right there about religious extremism. <laughs> and I, I'm not saying it's wrong to have religion. I'm not saying it's wrong to, to encourage people to live well. But I do think it is wrong to base any report of government in, in, in one specific religious tradition. I think that's how we do actually end up in, you know... A fascist type of state. It's you know, it's why that series, um, book, The Handmaid's Tale, was such oh, it was a difficult but important watch for me. So that's my rant. Yes, yeah, so I'll comment on that. I'm not a big fan of religion mixed in with politics. I'm not, because it doesn't it doesn't need to belong there. And so many wars, so many violent disagreements happens because of religion. You know, just like the comedian George Carlin said, you know, do you believe in God? Yes. Do you believe in my God? No. Then I have to kill you kind of thing. And, you know, this has happened for so many years. And, it, and it's, a, it's a shame that, that no one learns. You know, that no, that no one learns from it. You have your beliefs. It is what it is. You know, do what you want to with your sheep. Leave me and my sheep alone. Um, just don't force it upon me. Don't tell me that an invisible man in the sky tells me that you should vote for me and my policies. You know, listen to me, listen to my words, listen to my education, and try to leave religion and faith out of it. Because the moment you bring in religion into any kind of discussion, it turns it on its head. And there is no right or wrong answer. Just like when someone says, I feel, during an argument, the argument's over. Because you can't argue logic with feelings. So... That's that's my way of piggybacking on you know on uh, on you know on your rant there. Uh, mm, yeah, I no. mean it, that's another thing to think about emotion and logic, but that's a whole different discussion. But, yes, <laughs> you know, I, I do think that we you know we can both agree that to you know to basically model a system of governance on a, you know a religion is a terrible idea. Extremely, <laughs> extremely. Look in your history books, people, or just Google it. Anytime religion is introduced to any, any kind of politics 
or you know, a, a ruling of a kingdom, it's not good, people. It's not good. Heads will roll, literally. Um, <laughs> my, my topic is, hmm, you know, I really don't have a rant this week because I've been not I've been under the weather <laughs> the whole week. That's why I'm just focused on getting better and you know and not hallucinating with taking medication and just trying to sleep. Um, so my little bitty rant is when I'm ill, I don't want anybody bothering me. Don't want anybody calling me, don't want anybody texting me, don't want people need anybody visiting me. Just leave me alone. Let me get better. You know, if I'm gonna wallow in self-pity while I'm sick, let me wallow. <laughs> you know, don't check on me. Just leave me be. I know not most I know most people prefer to be pampered and helped out and whatnot. I understand that. You know, but when you're sick, the last thing you want is any kind of distraction, you know, or someone talking to you while you're seeing Aztec temples by drinking so much NyQuil, you can choke a horse with it. Just let me rest. Leave me be. When I'm better, I will gladly thank you for checking on me and being concerned about my well-being. But yes, just let me rest because rest is a luxury when you're sick. Your body will not allow you to rest. And when you do get comfortable, your phone will ring or someone will come over. Just leave me be, folks. Food for thought. When I'm sick, let me die. It's okay. That's my rant. Nice. 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 <laughs> Simple to the point. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, man. I, and, and also to piggyback off that, I think it's insane how sick leave is like so short it's like yes you will be sick for this amount of days in your life <laughs> and predict it damn it <laughs> and even your job even your job tells you okay go home we'll see you tomorrow no it doesn't work that way it does not work that way i'm sick for days buddy i'm not coming in tomorrow if i do i'm still going to be sick more or less i'm going to be even more sick because i'm around people and more germs so get, yeah. give me a couple of days to at least get my bearings. Right, but don't get paid. <laughs> so if you're going to be sick, you're going to be broke, come back to work sick, so make more, so, so make more money. Yes, there we go. Oh. No, America. Work till you die. This is America. Let's see, uh, now, now correct me if I'm wrong, Kevin. Canada has free health care, is that correct? Um, well, it's out your taxes well it's not really it's not really free it's it's, it's much much more easier uh, accessible but yes you're gonna pay out the wazoo you know from it through your check well you can pay even more in America <laughs> that I, I think it's so silly where they're major criticism it takes a while it's like have you tried to wait at a doctor's office here <laughs> have you been to the ER that's like a vacation <laughs> yes I've I've known people who have been wounded have to wait in a waiting room to be seen fill out paperwork wait to be seen again finally you know finally stitched up after maybe five six hours you know bleeding and clotting and everything but hey it should be fixed up very you know you know very 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 soon after 12 hours of waiting yep that's right yep so i don't mind waiting and not going to medical debt because you know Somebody set my hair on fire. <laughs> For talking shit about Panda Express, Kevin. Anyhow, but uh, <laughs> I said hair, not bowels. <laughs> uh, so, 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 any shout-outs before we uh, end out this week? Um, 
I would like to shout out um, McAllister's. McAllister's is a nice restaurant to eat at. I enjoy their potatoes. I enjoy their their um, their steak sandwiches. And the best part is the sweet tea. It's very nice. I enjoy getting way too much Arnold Palmer and like having to use a bathroom all day long and just going back for more. So <laughs> McAllister's a good place for eating and drinking. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So um, my, <laughs> sorry, I had to get myself back together again. Um, uh, my shout out is a place called Texas de Brazil. It's a Brazilian steakhouse. There's Brazilian steakhouses everywhere. I understand that. But a Brazilian steakhouse I, I, I went to is one in, one in Orlando, Texas de Brazil. You have a nice little salad bar to start out with to get your body ready to uh, ingest a whole lot of dead animal flesh. So they give you a card, one side red, one side green. Flip the card on green. Chefs from all over will serve you, you know, slices of meat, whether it be sheep, sheep, ha, whether it be lamb, um, you know, steak, sausages, stuff like that. The food is extremely good. You can get it rare. You can get it well done. And once you're about to burst, you turn your card over to red. And you let, you know, your food digest. They give you mashed potatoes, a fried banana to clean your palate. Um, it's an expensive dining experience, but it's a tremendous experience that everybody should at least try once. Find yourself a nice Brazilian steakhouse in your area. Give it a shot. You know, test your palate. Try various cuts of meat from all over. Um, you know, do not just put yourself in one box and go, I like filet mignon and that's it. No, experiment with everything else. Chicken encrusted, you know, stuff and pork bacon wrap stuff. Stuff your cardiologist will love you for in the end, but it's really, really good food and uh, I definitely recommend it. Mm. Very nice. I'm down for that. <laughs> so as the show comes to a close, of course, we thank everyone for choosing to listen to the Walker AC Experience. Everyone from all over the world listen to us. And uh, if you haven't already, what are you waiting for? Subscribe to walkerac.podbean.com. Coming out soon, our own site, our own mobile site, where you can go on to your mobile phone, listen to the experience, listen to out of context, listen to new shows that are coming out on your phone and leave us messages. It's coming soon, folks. I can finally talk about it. Be prepared. It's going to happen. And then we will come up with the Walker AC Experience website. So podbean.com, we thank you for so much for everything you do for us. But very soon, we're going to make that transition. We want all of you to come with us. Show us some love under cafepress.com forward slash W-A-C-E. Buy the Experience t-shirts, the Out of Context t-shirts, the cereal and beer, beer steins, mugs, I can keep on going forever, but Kevin is not feeling well, so I'm not going to keep on droning along. Um, so, Kevin, if you want to reach out to you, where can they find you? You can also find me on the Serial Beer Podcast that I do with Jeff. Um, it's a podcast about two Asian Americans, you know, one in Asia, one in America, uh, basically trying to make each other laugh, talking about entertainment and the world around us. Um, we post that on our Facebook and all the platforms that you can also find the Walker Ace experience, such as Podbeam. And so, you know, we do have a uh, email, serialbeer at hotmail.com. 
about, I don't know if we remember the password, <laughs> so we need to get a ring of Gmail. Got to work on that. <laughs> but, yeah, we usually post first on our web, on our Facebooks. But, uh, yeah, find us there and uh, holla at us. Awesome. Especially if you guys have not listened to the past cereal and beer for January, I highly recommend it. It's entertaining. It's thought-provoking. It is hilarious. And plus, I have to be a selfish bastard and say, I'm on the show for five minutes, five minutes only, because I did not want to interrupt the flow of the show. But yes, definitely tune in to Syria and Beer featuring Jeff and Kevin. Uh, Kevin, once again, thank you so much for joining us on this show. Once again, you have been a tremendous co-host. And we're going to do this again next week, aren't we? Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> so this has been the Walker AC Experience. I have been Adrian. He has been Kevin. You've been my friends, my family, people who love us, people who hate us, but you're going to listen anyhow. <laughs> nanny, nanny, boo-boo. And if you enjoyed the opening few seconds of the show, it's a new theme song. It's called Living in Hell by my little one, uh, Walkin' AP. You can find him on Spotify. You can find him on YouTube as well. Give him a shot. Give it a listen. You'll love it, folks. Until next week. We'll talk to you again soon.